Amen. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and most importantly, full of love. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to get to serve you and serve this church. Um, I'm always humbled by that. Um, I want to thank you for a lot of encouragement that I received this week. Um, a lot of people reaching out. Um, Father, I don't, I don't mind saying this. I, I, I need it, and I appreciate that. I thank you for putting myself on people's hearts. And uh, Father, I just ask that you continue to do that with this congregation. It's so important that we as a group, as a church, as your children, lift up others. Something I want to talk about today. And Father, thank you again for putting this sermon together, giving me the direction on this. Father, I do, I want to pray for our country. Um, I feel like 9-11 was just yesterday. But Father, unfortunately, we've got a lot of people that have forgotten about it. Father, I just ask that you pierce the hearts of those that need to understand it. Pierce the hearts of those that think our political world today is the biggest issue. Father, their drama, their pride needs to be stomped out. Father, we need to remember what it feels like to be united as one. Father, in this moment, you've given me a sermon, you've given me the words, and Father, I know they're yours, but I need to get out of your way. So Father, in this moment, I'm asking you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, that you take all my pride, my anger, lack of courage. Father, you throw all that away and you replace it with your boldness. I need your boldness today, and Father, most importantly, your love. Ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. In the realm of sports today, we often hear terms teamwork, team player, team effort. In football, the truly great players are usually quick to give credit to the whole team. They understand their success is dependent on the entire team and not just theirs. This teamwork enables common people to do uncommon things. When you bring a group of individuals together with different characteristics, different backgrounds, and then they can all focus solely on one goal, championships are won. This is no different in the church. It's no different. From 1996 to 2001. Now, y'all know I'm not a big baseball fan, but the New York Yankees were amazing, okay? It's a six-year period there. They went to the World Series every year. 
They won four out of six, should have won five out of, actually should have won six out of six, to be honest with you. One of them was in 2001, actually, after 9-11. That team was solid. It was Derek Jeter-led. He was the shortstop, for those of y'all don't know who I'm talking about. Derek Jeter was a very good team player. Always put the team above him. So four out of six championships from 96 to 01. In 02, they lost a lot of those team players. And they signed, in the next few years, they signed a bunch of superstars. Roger Clemens, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod. They started to struggle. It's not about superstars, guys. It's about a team working together as one. It's about a body coming together as one. It's where everybody's equal, by the way. You, your pastor, the elders of the church, we're all the same. We all have flesh. We all work together. That's what the church needs to do. I am seeing more and more churches with superstars. That's a problem. Big problem. As a church, we need to all be on the same page. We need all to work together as one unit to fulfill the plan Jesus has for his team, which brings me to today's sermon title, Team Jesus. I love y'all shirts. See, man, if I'd have known that, I'd have got one. Like, I love that. Love that. Uh, a football team is made up of many parts, guys, right? I mean, like, you've got different positions. You've got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive lineman. You've got guards, tackle, so forth. Okay, so you've got all these different positions. Then you've got the defensive side, right? So you've got 22 players on this team, 11 on offense, 11 on defense. And you've even got special teams players. I think there's 54 players on an NFL team. I might be wrong. The 52? 52 players on an NFL team. That's 52 parts of a team, okay? I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verses 12 through 13. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. We as a church are made up of many different people as well, from many different backgrounds. But like this verse says, we can all come together as one unit in Jesus Christ. As we look back today on this tragedy of 9-11, um, I honestly can't help but reminisce a little bit, and it's like Bojo was talking about. I'm one of those that would love to see our country go back to 9-12-01. It's a shame that I'm saying that, but I'd love to see it. On that day, I'll, I mean, I'll never forget, you had Democrats and Republicans singing worship songs together on the Capitol steps. Y'all remember that? Not only that, y'all, they aired it on the news. On CNN, on Fox, on CSNBC, all of them, they aired it. What happened? We as a country are now more divided and corrupt than we've ever been. You've got Democrats that hate Republicans, Republicans that hate Democrats. 
you, you, you've got the black hating the white and the white hating the black. You've got the poor hating the rich and the rich hating the poor. I want to ask you guys a question. I want you all to think about this. What else besides our country is more divided today more than ever? Say it a little louder. Church. You can go ahead and get mad at me if you want to, but I'm fixing to get on a soapbox for just a minute. God's allowed me to do this. I prayed about this just a little while ago because I was like, you sure you want me to go here? He said, absolutely. Guys, we've got churches. We've got churches that are splitting over homosexuality and transgender confusion. We have... Churches that are racially divided. We have churches that have become a big business and base all their decision on money. Sometimes I'm glad we're not a really rich church. Let me rephrase that. We are a very rich church. Amen? The right way, spiritually, right? Guys, we've got churches that are literally hiding money in bathroom walls. I'm not stepping on toes. I'm aiming at hearts. We have leadership in churches that are molesting children. We have youth pastors chasing teenage girls. We have pastors that are having affairs with women in their church. We have churches every week that are closing because of pride. Guys, why do people want to come to the church? If that's all corrupted, can y'all see the problem? We've got to get our country on track, but we've got to get this church on track first, right? God's church has got to get back on track. Now, I need y'all to understand, not all churches are bad. Right? Amen? We know that. It's like, it's like Bo was talking about. We're not going to lump everybody into one. I love that he said that. We're not going to do that. There are some great churches out there, and a lot right here in Texarkana, and I am very proud to say that this is one of them. We are doing things the right way because we are spirit-led. One thing I can assure you guys, the reason that I feel that churches fall apart and start to go down all the destruction that I just talked about Two things. Number one, they're not taking it serious. It's a country club. The leadership at this church takes it very serious. I will always take it very serious. And the other problem is, is they've allowed Satan to slither in the door and come straight to the pulpit. I'm not going to allow that either. And neither is the leadership of this church. Let me get back on topic. It's a shame what's happened to the church. And I assure you guys, God is not pleased at all. You know, this is how we need to look at this. The church is an inheritance. God, in, he gave us the church, okay? When I first got into the jewelry industry, or when I first opened my store, uh, I went to a jewelry show, and I met a guy there. He had, in Oklahoma City area, 
Uh, he had four jewelry stores. Uh, this man was probably in his mid-60s at the time. Uh, I remember visiting with him. He was talking about retiring. Now, I need you to understand something. These four jewelry stores, they didn't look like Micah's Jewelers, okay? These were multi, multi, multi-million dollar jewelry stores, okay? We're talking marble floors. We're talking average piece is probably around eight or nine grand, average piece. And he carried a lot of $100 stuff, okay? This man was a hard worker. I found out a few years ago he retired. And he left that business to his son. He now has one store left. And he's probably about to lose it. That's what we've done to the church. Shame on us. He handed us this inheritance. And it was beautiful. And somewhere along the way, in the last 2,000 years, Christians screwed it all up. They screwed it all up. It's time for God's true church to arise from the ashes and start winning again, guys. So how do we do this? How do we start winning again? Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, it's pretty simple. You are the light of the world, a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. That's what's happened. That's what's happened, y'all. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus is telling us, guys, right here, all we have to do is set the example. All we have to do is let them see the good deeds. And as Christians, they should be overflowing out of us. You know, that's what's really cool about Jesus. That's what I love about Jesus. Jesus makes it simple. You know, how's the church work? He didn't give you an instruction booklet that's like this thick, okay? I say that. This is the Bible. It's pretty thick, and that is an instruction book. But you get where I'm going here. Y'all just hang on. Just get where I'm going. He made it simple. He didn't say, you know, have coffee ready every morning at a certain time. He didn't say make sure the floors are vacuumed and everything's perfectly clean and Make sure that you change all the toilet paper in the bathrooms. And he didn't say all that. He didn't give us a checkoff list. He said, lead by example. He didn't tell us to raise a bunch of money and build a multi, multi million dollar sanctuary. He didn't say that. He said, lead by example. In order to be the light, guys, that God has shown me that Christian Warriors Church is going to be, we still have a lot of work to do. Again, this church is doing a phenomenal job. I'm fixing to put this back on a, on a, on a better track here. I think I've beaten up everything else pretty bad. This church 
this congregation is setting a great example. I am so proud to call myself a pastor at this church. Thank y'all for the work that you put in, the service that you put in. I hear from y'all daily. You're doing a phenomenal job.